Welcome back to episode number six in our podcast series, Counting the Cost. We are glad that you're here. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about developing a winning attitude. This is something that uh, we'll have a lot of fun with. It's something that all of us are very passionate about. Again, you can get more information on this topic in our book, Counting the Cost, Raising and Coaching Elite Athletes. But uh, Rick, I'm, I'm here with Rick Fowler and uh, Holly Haynes, my, my, my trusted colleagues. Uh, and Rick, I'm going to turn it over to you to get us started. Okay. Uh, a famous, uh, well-known uh, pastor that we had in Dallas, uh, Texas, when I lived there, was named Chuck Swindoll. And he wrote a, he's a prolific writer, and he wrote this about attitude. And I'll just quote what he said. He said, attitude is more important than facts. It is more important than circumstances, than failures, than success, than what other people think, say, or do. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. He went on to say, as I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with each of us. We are in charge of our attitudes. I, I counsel a lot of athletes, and it's interesting there are some people that continually have a bad attitude. You know, the coach did this thing, he said this thing wrong, or I couldn't do this, or this happened, and they start to blame everybody but themselves, and they have a poor attitude. And this attitude then comes across, and, and uh, it affects every part of their game, and it keeps them from becoming what we say is a positive elite athlete. And so this uh, philosophy surely will enhance a team player whether they're on a winning streak or in a slump. Uh, you know, if they're in a slump, they can say, my attitude is, yeah, I, I blew this play, but what did I learn from it? And like we said in a previous uh, podcast, when you make a mistake, uh, if we look at it from a point uh, as a learning tool, then it becomes positive. But if we look at it from a point of view that it reflects who I am as a person. I'm no good. My self-esteem is bad. Uh, I struck out last for four times in a row, so I'm going to strike out the next time I get up. I, I told one player this year, I said, uh, uh, this idea of, of a slump, I said, if you, if you flip a coin nine times in its heads, what's the odds on the tenth time it's heads? It's always 50-50. But when you look at that nine, you say, well, I struck out these times are here. That means I'm going to do it here the odds are you will strike out. And so attitude is so important to develop a, an elite athlete in, in this day and age. Yeah, so you know, going back to the title on this, this episode of our podcast, Developing a Winning Attitude, you know, we, we're talking about a winning attitude as it relates to sports, but that attitude, a winning attitude, attitude can translate to any profession. The business world, you know, if you, if you uh, are a car mechanic, if you... Uh, you know, if you're a, a roofer, if, if you're a dentist, I mean, it doesn't matter. A winning attitude uh, can, can be in any field, not just sports, but particularly in sports is so important. And I think at the heart, at the, at the genesis, if you will, of a winning attitude is your worldview. And, and I really believe if, if you want to have a winning attitude, that your worldview dictates where you are in your ability to having a winning winning attitude or getting a winning attitude. Uh, you know, winning is is it has a cost. There are things right. that 
you have to do to win. You can't want enough to win. Wanting to win is not the same thing as winning. Again, uh, winning attitude dictates the journey that you take, the path you take, the preparation you take to win. And that, again, goes back to your worldview. Would you agree with that? I would. I would. I, I, this, is, this is an interesting one for me <laughs> um, because you, do, you definitely have to have this winning attitude. You need to have this winning worldview. I think it's, it's sometimes for a lot of Christians a tough one uh, because of the notion of being humble uh, in, in that space and so not striving so much to win. But I don't think that's what you mean by winning attitude. And I just want to say that um, by winning attitude. I'll tell a story, though, of, of winning attitude. So when my daughter was 11, she was playing in the summer league. The summer league meant really nothing. Um, and so it was just a way to stay focused and, and whatnot. And one day they played against a bunch of girls who were on the top team, top club in the league, and they lost badly. And my daughter wasn't exactly playing with great athletes around her, but they'd been doing okay and, and whatnot throughout the, the league. But I remember we got off the field and we got into the car and she just started crying, like flood of tears. I could not stop it. You know, I tried everything. It's okay. Uh, you know, it doesn't, the game doesn't matter. The, you know, the whole, this is, this is, this is a meaningless game. You know, you're 11 years old. Um, and in the best mother way that I could to try to deflect from the issue at hand. But what I, didn't understand from her that I did. It took me a few years um, to understand this about athletes is elite athletes don't like to lose. Mm -hmm. And actually Draymond Green, who is very controversial said that he has a fear of losing Mm -hmm. and other athletes have talked about this, this like fear of losing, but they don't like losing. And so coping with loss at in the moment, in the moment, they they don't like losing, right? They'll the an elite athlete will you know pick themselves up and move on, but that emotion came from the winning attitude of I just don't think we did enough mm-hmm. to to uh, win this game. I think we could have been more competitive. She couldn't articulate it at the time; it just came out in tears. Mm-hmm. And she's very good at walking very stoically off the field to this day, walking stoically off the field. And then in a moment, you know, releasing all the emotion. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't, I mean, at the time I didn't know, but it was interesting because another mom on the team said to her, this is not the women's world cup, right? You're not on this stage here trying to make it meaningless to her. But I remember when the mom walked away, she said, it shouldn't matter. It should not matter it if it's the World Cup or if it's this little game here. It shouldn't matter. Because it's so. a habit. A winning attitude is a habit. That's a good you don't, point. You don't pick and choose which games are important and which games you should have a winning attitude. Yeah. Either you have a winning attitude mm-hmm. at all times or you don't. It's a habit. I would say that for, for many elite athletes, the pain of losing is is more significant than the joy mm-hmm. of winning. Of winning yes. The pain of losing yes. is more significant than, than the joy of winning. winning. When I, you know, in growing up, 
playing sports, mm-hmm. and I, I did all of it. Um, even, you know, when I was too old to be playing sports, I was playing sports and getting mm-hmm. hurt. Mm-hmm. But when, I, when we won, I was um, kind of flatlined. You know, I was just, mm-hmm. it, was, it was okay. Okay, we won. But when we lost, I was furious. I was frustrated. <laughs> I was disappointed. I, my emotions in losing far outweighed my emotions at, at, at winning. But um, again, how you see the world, how you see yourself within the world, how you see your purpose within the world, um, I, I think does dictate your, your attitude of winning. And it, it's not necessarily winning in and of itself. It's your attitude while you're competing. Is the winning attitude while you're competing. Um, you know, my... Uh, my son, uh, who is, is not going to play college basketball, but he's played a lot of sports, uh, predominantly basketball, uh, he's got an engine on him that he never quits. He just never stops hustling. He hustles like crazy. He works and works and works no matter what the score, no matter what the situation, no matter how that far down they are, he works and works and works. But he's got this spirit about him where that – you know, he'll he'll encourage his teammates. He's respectful to the coach. He'll help his team his uh his the competitor when he, they fall down. He'll give them a hand up. So, I think that's a winning attitude. Mm-hmm. I, I think his his ability to encourage others, his ability to inspire others, his ability to raise the performance of those around him, even though he is not, and he will tell you that he is not the number one, two, or third option on the team. Mm-hmm. But he still inspires and elevates the performance of his teammates because of his winning attitude. I think uh, that's really important. Um, one, of, one of my youngest coaches in his evaluation uh, mentioned that, mentioned that a goal of, for him was to elevate the performance of the, his teammates, mm-hmm. right? So once you've mastered, and this was interesting because I remember being furious at the coach for not giving him, you know, some feedback about technique or whatnot. Um, But he just gave him this piece of, I need you now to begin to elevate the performance of those around you, right? So how do you help others be great? And to that being the icing on the cake Mm -hmm. for him as an elite athlete is that now you're not just playing for self, but how do you then help others? uh, Let's give some examples on that. Just going with basketball, Rick, and you may know some of this. How do you elevate others' plays with a winning attitude? I think is finishing the drill. You know, you hear about a lot of in football, finish the drill. So in basketball, if you're running baseline suicides or whatever, whatever drill it is, don't cheat. Don't stop before it's finished. Finish the drill. Mm -hmm. Encourage your teammates. Be positive. If somebody's lollygagging, if somebody's Mm -hmm. not giving their all, you go to them and say, bud, pick it up. We're here to win. Mm-hmm. We're not here to be mediocre. We're here to win. Pick it up. You know, show some leadership. Be respectful to your coaches. I think that's an opportunity. Those are opportunities to elevate others. Absolutely. Right. Play. Absolutely. Do you think that's harder in today's pay-to-play environment, though? In club, the, in, the in clubs, clubs which are dominating in a lot is of dominating. Sport. Yes, yeah. but you, I've seen the highly effective coaches be able to break that. But they have to be committed to the negative fallout, i.e., dealing with the parents. 
Yeah. Because in the, the club mentality has really, really hurt kids because parents pay to play and they expect equal playing time. You know, and it's just, that's not sports. And I think also when you're t- uh, consulting coaches on how to develop a winning attitude, uh, it's important sometimes to teach coaches how do you motivate the bench player. Mm. Uh, the, the bench player can have a, a role, whether it's I want you to uh, evaluate how person X on the, on the other team is playing and be able to help the guy who is playing. You know, if if the coach can help all players realize what their role is Hell on the right. team, mm-hmm. the attitude will be better. If it's a generalized attitude, uh, it's like y'all can y'all have a chance to win, y'all have a chance to play, but it may not be accurate. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and and that your role, like you said, your son is a hustler, and he kept everybody going, even though he said he wasn't the he, top player of yeah, the team. He's not. His role was not to score twenty points. Yeah. His role was to score six or eight points a game. Get a handful of rebounds, two or three steals, a lot of assists, <laughs> a lot of assists, pressure, put defensive yeah. pressure. But and you make an excellent point, Rick. And I'm I'm, I'm a big believer on this. But a coach needs mm-hmm. to clearly communicate every single player's role. Yeah. If a player, whatever sport, does not have a clear understanding of the expected role they are to play. Then it is difficult for them to have a winning attitude. And they have a rotten attitude. Yeah, because I would, even in interviews, in any job, in any job, whether you're an athlete or whatever, you need to know what does success look like. So if I interview for a job, the first question I ask is, how how do I know if I'm successful? What does success look like for me? Mm-hmm. What is define winning for my role? So every person on that team, any team needs to know what does winning for that individual player look like. Mm-hmm. Right. If they're a bench player, what's their role? Are they to encourage others? Is it to get in basketball, as an example? I need two quality minutes every half. Two qual- What are two quality minutes look like? No turnovers. Your job is to go in the game, get no turnovers, get no give up no easy buckets, and to give our starter two minutes rest a half. That's your mm-hmm. job. If you do that, we're going to be successful. So they know how their role fits with the fits overall right. success for the team, and they can measure their own success. So it gives them a winning attitude versus, you know, all of you, talk, the coach talking to the whole team, we all need to work harder. We all need to score more. We all need yeah. to do less turnovers. Well, the guy that's getting 30 seconds of playing time a half, he's, he gives the, cre- the coach no credibility whatsoever because he's not talking to him. Yep. So if you're saying you all need to, you know, play better defense, this guy's saying, I'm never even in the game. Mm-hmm. So being clear with the expectations is a big part of the winning end. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I came across a, a book, guys, uh, written by Tom Osborne. I don't remember him. Yeah, Nebraska. Nebraska, the head coach for years and was an all 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 fame uh, Hall of Fame uh, coach, and he t- he wrote a book called More Than Winning, and it said the story of Nebraska's Tom Osborne. And I'm just going to read a few little quotes that he made in a book that I thought was excellent when it comes to winning attitude. He said, "The setting was this: Coach Osborne's team had just played for the national championship in the Orange Bowl. 
he was sitting in his hotel room, somewhat depressed, while everyone else was celebrating. In his room, after struggling, he concluded this. And this is what I, he's quoting. He says, I sat there reflecting on my core values, realizing that it's not so much achieving the end result, which is the natural championship was great, but the important thing about athletics is the process. It's the path you follow in attempting to win a championship that's important. The relationships that are formed, the effort given, the experiences you have, and when it's over, it's over. Everything else, at least for me, was anticlimactic. He said this, I concluded, he says, as a coach, even though my record for a season is important and a goal to strive for, I have gone away from necessarily measuring success solely in terms of win and losses. I now measure success in, in terms of how closely a team has come to realizing its potential. And I think that's great advice uh, when we look at it from a coaching perspective. A winning attitude is not just the end result of looking at the uh, the stat sheet at the end of the season, how many wins and how many losses. How a win, I went, I won this person because this person developed spiritually. I I win as a coach because, and the team win because of this and that and the other, and uh, they learn these skills as well as incorporating uh, the skill set from the sports themselves. That's an interesting reflection, though, from someone who had just won, you know, a national championship, Mm -hmm. considered a great coach, won a national championship to sit somewhat depressed. And I'm wondering if it wasn't more so depression, but more so missing the, the, the challenge of getting there. Because... Everybody else, the athletes, are there celebrating. The other coaches are there celebrating the final product. And it is important. Like the, I think the rest of his quote, you know, the relationships that are formed, the effort given, the experiences you have. Um, and that, But then, and when it's over, it's over. It is over to an extent, but you will always have the memory yeah, of winning that. You will always be yeah. in the history books. You will always be in that space. My... My youngest, a few years ago, won this uh, world championship in futsal, right? And so they go, they had to battle for five days. They played a national championship first, and then they went into a world championship, and they're playing multiple games indoors, and they've developed this rival. And we go back and watch that moment over and over and over again because the emotion like I wasn't there but I felt the emotion right I I wasn't there and I'm like still yeah. celebrating the emotion I'm like woo but for my child and maybe because he's younger but I think even these players some of them will go on some of them are not going to go on to play professionally but they will always have that memory mm-hmm. and so yes yes it is important the wins and losses aren't solely the you know, the the things that are great. But having those championships, yeah, yeah. it certainly gives a, 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 at least from a player perspective, yeah, right. and, and I would say as a parent, watching your child win a championship or even getting to that place of striving for the championship, there is there is some positivity, yeah, you know, yeah. in that space. Yeah. It should be the only thing you celebrate. I mean, I'm not saying this, but yeah. I, you know, as we know, success breeds success. The more mm-hmm. success you have, the more success you will have. But you know, there there should be 
in, in developing a winning attitude, there should be benchmarks along the way to those championships right. that you can celebrate. Mm-hmm. Because the more wins you celebrate, and a win could be, I want to increase my free throw percentage. I want to increase or lower my handicap in golf. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever those benchmarks are, celebrate the W's. Celebrate the wins. We talked about this when I was in a sales manager. Mm-hmm. We celebrated our wins celebrate because the, the wins. more you celebrate the wins, the more you want to win. Yeah. 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 And and so it's not, don't just say the celebration for the championship. Right. <laughs> celebrate along the yeah. way yeah. Yeah. because it reinforces yeah. the process of right. winning championships. And I think right. the thing that diminishes the the uh, glory or whatever of winning is the culture that we have today where it says everybody has to get the trophy. Right. Yeah. You know, Ooh. there's nothing that that keeps us... That's a whole other podcast. We'll that talk is. about that another time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other time. <laughs> but yes, but yeah, 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 absolutely. So anyway, well, until next time, uh, God bless you all, and we'll check you uh, on the next podcast.